Check, check, one, two, three. Check, 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 one, two, three. One, two, three, check, check, check. All right, I think we're good. Cool, 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 cool. Maxwell, hello. Same well. How's How are it you? Gone? Uh, you know, good. Pretty good, pretty good, pretty good. It's like stupid nice here today. It's like 70 degrees. What? I think it is here too, oh. actually. Wait, no, my Wild. computer is saying 53. That can't be right. Nope, I updated to 60. All right, fun podcast. Um, Let's talk about that weather. I'm good. Tell me, um, tell me about the quality. How, how breezy is it? Not breezy at all. It's cool mm. as can be out there. A cool it's, 70? It feels, feels like spring. Yeah, it's wonderful. Huh. Um, right. Well, why are we I've, recording a podcast? I'm not going to be outside, outside frolicking. I don't think. I mean, were you going to be outside frolicking if you weren't doing this podcast? Yeah, do you I not, was. Do you not work today? No, I've been working all morning. Oh, okay. Do you ever work on your pa- on your uh, balcony? Sometimes. Sometimes I do. Oh wait, you don't have a laptop on you. Your iPad, I guess. Come on, I'll sit on Take the balcony. I'll sit on the balcony and do a little work. Yeah, is that what you call it? The balcony. Yeah, the balcony. Um. Well, let's just get this going. It sounds like we're uh we're running a tight a tight schedule here. So yeah, we're running a tight ship. We got a lot to talk about, so mm-hmm. um, luckily there's not a lot going on in the world right now. So no, no, nothing at all. Be... <laughs> As we record this on what November sixth at twelve p.m. Yes, nothing. Things nothing. things are good. Everything's quiet. All Everything's quiet good. on the Western Front, as they say. You are gonna be, you're gonna be in the the hot zone over there near D.C. Yeah, you'll have to keep your ear your ear to the ground to hear what's going on out there. Yep. Uh, you can probably you can probably hear him from your from your balcony, right? Uh, you're you're making a joke, but I do see his helicopter go by quite pretty frequently. Okay. By he, you're talking about Batman. Yes, okay. <laughs> exactly what I'm talking about. Okay. Um, but anyways, we're gonna we're gonna give people this high quality podcast to distract them for about 45 minutes. Yep. All right, let's um, do it. Or hopefully, by the time this comes out, hey, things are fine. And... Yeah, everything's great, <laughs> and democracy <laughs> has not crumbled around us. No, exactly. And if it has, you got this podcast. At least you got this podcast. That's right. <laughs> Podcasts are will be a, an important um, companion in the mm-hmm. uh, post-apocalyptic world. The end times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So thanks for joining us. Yeah, really. It's, <laughs> on this uh, Doomsday podcast. Yep. Yep. Luckily, we don't talk about politics on this podcast. We talk about, I don't know what, sometimes farming, sometimes consulting, sometimes lots of nostalgia. Um, food comes up a lot. We talk a lot about food and fast food. Um, but it looks like you have a check and run question that's not about any of that, which is exciting. Or could be. It depends. This is just one I've been using recently um, with clients, which has generated some good some good answers. Uh, and it's, do you have a 15 minutes of fame story? So this is just like a, a time where you were cool for like a little bit. Yeah, and like it, can be, it can be something really small or you know something a little bit more yeah. legitimate. I think I think I've only have like one that comes to mind. Um, okay. I'd have to think about it more. But the one that comes to mind is uh, in my one year of college up at Michigan Tech, we went and watched um, Michigan Tech's very good hockey team play in the playoffs, and they were playing in Minneapolis. So we loaded a bunch of people into Mabel, my old 2002 uh, minivan that I had, and we packed it full of people and drove to Minneapolis, which was like six hours or so from Houghton and to to watch the playoffs happen and in the first game we were there at the excel energy center we were sitting pretty close and we must have just looked like a real approachable group or whoever was doing the things for intermissions and things like that to like keep people entertained really liked our section and so someone next to me our friend group got chose to 
um, like read something, you know, on the announcements. And then they are looking for someone to do a game in between the second and third period. And I was like, not the Sperlin way would I ever volunteer for that. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of people looking at me. And there's not even that many people there. It's like a college hockey game. There's probably a couple thousand people. And they came over and asked someone to do a game. And I was like, oh, sure, I'll do it. And lucky for me, it was a game that involved like a tiny bit of hockey talent. And so they kind of explained the game to me. It's going to be like bocce ball. You stand in a corner, you shoot a puck at center ice, towards center ice from a corner, trying to get as close as you can to the center uh, center dot. And the winner wins whatever. And so I was like, oh, this is good. I played hockey. Like, this should be – I should at least like, have PCK. some idea of how hard. You could yeah, – you could, you basically, you just needed to flop some sauce right onto the center ice. It was a piece of cake. Mm-hmm. I mean, luckily, they did have a proper, like, left-handed stick for me. But other than that, it was, like, no curve, really. And right. I was like, whatever. I, I should be able to do this. And so, of course, I go first. I'm out there wearing a goofy helmet they gave me, standing in the corner. And you get two pucks to shoot. And I shot my first one and just, like, I was stronger than I thought. Just, like, whipped it through there. Not even close. It's it's 50-plus feet, it feels like, from the center ice. Um, and really embarrassing. Truly bad. And then it worked its way around. Everyone else went their first time. A couple people sitting a little bit closer. And then I shot my puck, and again, not a great shot, but it bounced off somebody else's and, like, sat, like, a foot or two off the center circle, off the center dot. Um, so it looked, like, strategic, like it was kind of skilled, or maybe it didn't. Maybe from the outside it looked like a lucky a lucky move. Um, and that was it. Everyone else, everyone else blew their shot, and I won the game during an intermission of a college hockey game. And that's about as much as I ever want anyone to ever look at me. Awesome. <laughs> that awesome. was about it yeah i'm riding that there's a video i have a video of it actually somewhere you know it's i have a very friends. similar story actually really i'm gonna we're gonna do we're gonna try something new here let me um i'm gonna share my screen here in a second if it'll let me uh, wow oh uh, it won't let me until i quit skype and re uh, i can't do it then uh, i have a fun. video here of me mm-hmm. at a um a minor league baseball game in california one of the first nights that I was in California for grad school. And What's I was uh, the Rancho Cucamonga Quakes. <laughs> I, I knew they always have good names, so I had oh, to hear yeah. the name. <laughs> I was selected to do a, a between innings activity where you put giant boxing gloves on and you just wail on the other person. And hypothetically, um, they're also trying to wail on you. Yeah, yeah. You okay. know, it's a quick little <laughs> boxing match where we both have redonkulously huge mitts on. And mm-hmm. I have I, my memory is that I dominated. Uh, I'll have to show you. I, I kind of want to watch the video, but it's not loading, so we'll have to do it a, another time. Um, so I guess I guess that's my 15 minutes of fame story. I, I mean, people still still talk about that boxing match in between mm-hmm. uh, innings at the Rancho, Rancho Cucamonga baseball game. As as I don't think we talked much on this podcast, but as you're known for, famously good at fighting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, aren't you a funny, funny, funny guy? This was, I mean, this was probably the most recent. This was after your hockey career for the most part, but it was yeah. in grad school. So you had all that knowledge to really draw mm-hmm. on, to really whoop, whoop some ass. Uh, well, some on, people you know. learn from doing well and like doing better yeah. over time. And I learned the other way, which is you learn what not to do by just getting your ass handed to you. Precisely. And it sounds like you did. I mean, here's the thing. You might also not have a proper memory of how this uh, inning, the between innings went, but I will, I'll give you the credit that I assume you beat this person up. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I did. <laughs> I, well, maybe we'll find the video. We can put it out there for people. Yeah, Yours sounds a little more exciting to watch than mine. Mine's a real, mine's a real slow burn. Um, 
if you enjoy watching, I don't know, darts, curling, yeah, then maybe you'll appreciate mine. But that was my 15 minutes of fame. I can't All think right. of anything that's really been as exciting since then. That's pretty cool. Um, but <sighs> All right. We're checked in. We're checked in. I'm, I'm feeling so full in. from lunch. I ate my lunch so fast. What'd you eat? <sighs> you didn't make uh, it, right? Little, you ordered uh, something? Yeah, a little uh, sog paneer with a garlic Ooh. naan. So we're really working on a tight schedule. <laughs> what, you're me. what are you talking about? That's going to burn right through you. No way. It'll be fine. No. It wasn't hot. Okay. It was creamy and I yummy. Sh- but it doesn't that's you know say it's not gonna bother you a little bit but we're yeah. okay you're strong boy you do this a lot yeah we've gone over this. That's, kind of, that's part of your uh corporate strong uh you know thing <sighs> is that your it's your ability to to eat food like that and maintain hey, feeling emily. okay hey emily max just referenced corporate strong thank you very much for that <laughs> well that's I, it was me. almost the name of our podcast <laughs> yeah <laughs> if we're being honest i think that would have been a really fitting uh i know but all right. So, All right. Yeah. What are we doing? Well, what's going on? What's going on? What's um, you're in Michigan still, uh, even though it's beautiful weather, it is the fall and you are not currently actively uh, making vegetables come out of the ground. Is that correct? I mean, actually, tomorrow and Sunday, I will be uh, helping uh, on a farm for two days just to give uh, some fellow farmers a hand while we have this super nice weather. But yes, for the most part, I are these been... farmers that, you know, or do, do do farmers kind of like maintain this like central list and they can just call you up and be like, Hey, come farm with us. Not to, you know, you're here not to, you know, keep referencing Batman, but it's pretty similar thing. Someone, you know, someone, you know, <laughs> puts, puts up the, the farm, sign up the, yep. <laughs> the farm know, sign. What is Max? What is the, uh, the farmer sign that's up in the sky when the a farmer uh-huh. is calling for what, help? What would that be? I gotta oh, yeah. imagine. It's, I, it's a carrot. I was thinking it's a, it's kind of like a hunched over person with a hand on their lower back, <laughs> as a, as in like you know they're in they're in pain and they need help. Um, but yeah, but that gets confused with the uh, like the geriatric bat signal. That's true. It is, it is very person. confusing if those both fly. Because yeah. then what happens is you show up at an old person and it's not a farm, or yeah. an old person and shows up at your farm, and, and that's just embarrassing for everyone. <laughs> um. But yes, these are farmers I know. Um, it's the people that I have farmed with many times in Ann Arbor. Um, just got back from farm sitting for them for a week. Um, and what does one they, do uh, when farm cool. sitting? Did you actually um, have to do farm I mean, tasks? Yeah, it just means that <laughs> no one else really calls it that but me. Um, but it's the idea that they do have some things that need to happen while they're they're out of town. You're not just watching the house. I mean, they do have greenhouses that I had to you know vent if it got really sunny out. Um, had to water some stuff they had planted that right before they left, um, water the greenhouse. They have a farm stand as well this year that they were, um, wanted me to restock. And, you know, it's like, a an honesty system there. So I was, you know, taking, making sure there were no big bills, just chilling in there that people could potentially Swipe. snag. Yeah. Um, so that was pretty much all I did. It, farming wise, it was very limited farming. I would pretty much call it. I mostly drink coffee and read books by a wood burning fire. I could be a farmer. Um, you could be a farmer. You could I'm definitely good at both of those things. <laughs> yeah, it's the best time of year to be um, pulled into a farm because, I mean, like if you have to – fall. I've always talked about fall farming being the best farming um, and that is partly why um, – I mean I usually don't get paid to sit by a fire. but Right. Um, so anyways, I am not currently farming. I've been off for about a month um, and that's drawing to a close. But um, I am I'm going to pull some plants out of the ground I think this weekend. What kind of plants? Yeah. We'll, we'll see if I can still do it, you know. Yeah, um, I, I think we're harvesting basically the last of their storage crops, which I think at this point is just mainly potatoes. 
and maybe some like celery root and some of that stuff. Why are they called storage yeah. crops? Couldn't any crop be a storage crop if you put it in storage? No, I mean it could be short-term storage, I guess. But uh, storage crops are under the implication that you could, if properly cured and you know taken care of, these crops will last you usually through the winter. Um, so you know, winter squash, potatoes, onions, um, like purple top turnips, things in that family. Um, there's storage cabbage that will last longer. All those things are things you can grow and throw in your cooler and or storage space and assume that they will stay in decently good condition um, to sell. So My if you were a short term storage for vegetables. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Some fermenting I think were... might happen in there too. <laughs> if you uh, and if you know, if you were trying to survive through the winter, these were the crops that you would uh, ideally be growing at least some amount of. Um, so you could eat something in the winter, you know, because you didn't have uh, bananas and other things that were coming from around the world. You just had your cabbage and your potatoes. And it was a dark time. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so, cool. yeah, that's what, I think that's what we're going to be doing. I'll, I can give an actual farm update when I uh, come back from that next week. But Exciting. so, yeah. But I guess, I mean, I should say the reason I'm going to stop being unemployed is I'm going to do my classic working for UPS. Um, and it's I think a very different type of farming. Package farming. Is package farming it's it couldn't be any different really and the way it makes me feel like they're so opposite in the sense that like when i'm farming i feel like you know this is a good thing i'm doing i'm pulling this produce from the earth and i'm growing it sustainably and regeneratively and organically and it feels like i'm really bettering you know the earth and the people around me by feeding them this food and then i go work at ups which is just like i'm delivering cardboard boxes full of plastic full of <laughs> short-term goods i was actually going to ask the other question and which is in which ways is working for ups like farming oh uh, well i mean there's it, i can tell you the the reason i enjoy doing it because that there's something that does check out kind of similar to farming which is we always talk about um how what kind of feedback you get from work you know You've talked about how in consulting sometimes it takes a very long time to kind of see the fruits of your labor, if you or will. Ever. Uh, I'm, or I'm, ever. Yeah, you know. I'm not sure if ever if I'm doing a good job, so that's fun. Um, so in farming, we talked about how that's you know very clear cut. Plants are growing. They're alive. They're dying. Things are happening. Um, you either you have just, hornworms or you don't. You, the yeah, hornworms yeah. either have parasites or they don't. It's all exactly. very straightforward. They're straightforward, and you know, there's usually you know an action you can take to to hopefully reverse a negative effect or things like that. Or Even if that it. action is crushing a bug between your fingers, which is gross. Which more often than not, that is the solution. But satisfying, uh, I'm, I'm sure. It is. Um, so yeah, most problems can be solved with your with your finger, with your uh, index finger, and your thumb. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I always say. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I say that too, and people are always confused. Yeah, you do a lot of pinching in the workplace, and no one really likes yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's good. Good fully work. Oh, and uh, <laughs> COVID back here. Um, but for UPS, it's a similar thing in the sense that you know, um, in a normal season, if I'm helping a driver, I'm we're watching the truck get more empty throughout the day. Um, you're Just like able to see. A field. You know, yeah, it, I mean, it is very similar to like yeah, like weeding or something. Like as you do your work, you can see that you're making progress. Um, at the end of the day for UPS, it does feel really good to look at the back of the truck and be like, we started with, you know, 600 boxes in here. Now there's none. Um, I do like work that's like that. And the other sense too, it, it's a, this year, it'll be a lot like a normal farm season in the sense that I'll be spending a lot of time working alone for UPS, which means I'll have How's a lot that? of time. I thought you were going to be like with a uh, driver. So in a normal season, yeah, I would be a, like a jumper or a runner or whatever they call them, um, riding in the seat next to a driver. But because of COVID, 
they are only allowing jumpers if they're family. So I could I have historically worked with our cousin um, but he a couple lives times. On the other side yes, of the state now. But he does live on the other side of the state, and he, he tried to get me to come over there to work for him. Um, Did he? <laughs> yeah, he was like, "Come stay with us and work." And I was like, "It's it's enticing because I do really enjoy working he with him." He also has three uh, very small children. He has three very small children. <laughs> I think it would be a pretty hectic three months. Um, yeah. So there's a there's a new role that they've been slowly adding every year, and I think they're pushing really hard at UPS this year because it's the only seasonal support they're really going to get since not many people have family members that want to work for them, and that's to be a, a personal vehicle delivery person, basically. Oh. What Amazon and stuff used to do a lot more of. Um, so it seems kind of like a, like a junior UPS man. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, I know I'm hoping, you know, I'll get a badge and, um, wait, you have a car, right? Basically, oh yeah, you do. Yeah. I do. I have, yeah, I have a car. So basically all you're going to do, or there were some of these people helping us last year when I was working in Massachusetts, but you basically meet a driver or someone from UPS and you pick up uh, as many boxes as you can fit in your car. Um, ideally they're all kind of in the neighborhood or near a nearby area you get a phone which you use to do all the scanning mm-hmm. um so you just basically load up your car put on some put on a podcast drink some coffee and deliver the packages that are in your car if you finish what you have you pet some doggos call a, call a new <laughs> call pet some doggos hopefully nice doggos mm-hmm. and um you can basically you know keep meeting drivers to try and help them um they'll make, you know you could help a bunch of different drivers in one day maybe i'm not sure exactly how the system's going to work this year but it will just be me in my car delivering stuff, um, which is good for COVID exposure. It's better because it's also the way I like to work, which is right. by myself. Um, and I think overall it actually pays better. Um, so as long as I can get the hours that I used to get, it'll be a, a pretty sweet scenario. So I'm cool. doing an application. I'm going in person today to talk to some people at UPS. So I probably will start. I mean, knowing how they normally how busy they are, I'll probably start Monday. Would be my guess. Wow. Uh, so. My my time of of respite and you know unemployment Your is time over. Time of gentleman leisure mm-hmm. is over. It's a good thing. I mean, I think I've. <laughs> you, yeah, I'm, you I'm say you get restless. I, yeah, and I have been. I mean, this month it was it was a good a good relaxing month for the most part. I read a lot of books. Did a lot have of you things been like doing that. a lot of uncling? Don't we have nephews, uh, yes. mom and dads, right now? Yes. There's. Uh, Why don't you talk uh, a little bit about that? How's your uncling going? I think I'm a pretty I'm a pretty good uncle. Um, have you upped your uncle skills? I mean, what do you mean by that? What kind of skills? I don't know. Kind of... I don't even know. I don't spend enough time around them to even know what uncling skills are. I guess imagine that there are some. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I like to, I, I'm capable enough, you know, where mom can go do something and I can watch both kids for a yeah. while. Um, you are know, you good I, at um, um, deciphering what Arthur is saying? It's he's got about four things he says, and a majority of them, a majority of it is either Momo, which is for mower, right? Or, like, huh, little little guy is, loves the mower. He loves the mower and big trucks. Um, he says, huh, a lot, which is yes. Uh, or like, ha, is yes. Huh, is him just messing with you. Um, he, yeah, that's pretty much it. He does have a couple, he, every, as mom will tell you, everyone has a name, it seems like, but her currently. Oh, really? Uh, he does, know, really he does know me as, I'm like Mac. Or he basically calls me Mac. Mac. Um, I'm a, I think my uncle, I think I'm, I'm up there as favorite uncle for sure because oh. of exposure time. So, Probably. but there's, I mean, no, Arthur's so young, he won't remember. But that's true. Um, I have been. Yes, I've been doing some uncling. Um, I'll be doing I'll, I'll have the dog next week as well. Uh, dog um, uncle. Yeah. Wait, which dog? <laughs> dog. Toby Boca. or Boca? Boca. Oh, uh, oh Haley, yeah. Haley's going, Boca. Haley's going on, uh, out of town. So I'm going to I'm going to watch Boca for a couple of days. Hopefully I still have my dog parenting skills. Yeah, uh, I think it's all the same things pretty much. She just talks uncling about it. Uncling and dog Arthur. parenting is the same, I believe. Mm hmm. I mean, she 
makes some similar noises to Arthur. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so it was it was a good month off. It'll be nice to make money again, you know. Money's um, nice to have. Yeah. So that was that's kind of the current. That's what I've been up to. Yeah, which is, you gotta be able to buy me a Christmas much. present. Duh. Yeah, yeah. What am I gonna? What do you want? You don't seem like a man that ever wants anything. I just want my love and affection. That's um. Can I just get one of those? Love and affection. Just, just. Uh, I'll, I'll take just your affection. Okay, that's fine. All right, whatever. Maybe next, maybe the year after you can get the love. Yeah, it's gonna be loveless affection. That's gonna be weird, huh? Yeah, it is weird. It's <laughs> gonna be real uncomfortable. Huh. <laughs> um, but yeah. What about you? What do we? Uh, what have you been up to? Well, Anything? a month off sounds pretty incredible. Uh, we'd love to take one of those. Uh, so you have not had a month off. No, 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 no. Uh, it has continued to be incredibly busy and um, stressful and just uh, a lot of stuff going on. Um, but the two contracts I'm working on, I think we talked about both then in November, still working on what the extensions may or may not be. I think I probably have the ability to make them not start right away. So I might be able to take a relatively easier December, which I'm angling toward and hoping that I can make happen. What are you going to have to fill all that easy time with? Nothing. Just just no. nothing. Just nothing. <laughs> yeah, as much nothing nice. as I can fit in there. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, okay, yeah. You're not going to come back and see us or anything, you know? I mean, I I'll figure out something. I'm I mean, I'm planning on seeing you all for Thanksgiving. I don't know what the Christmas right. plans are yet. So, yeah, I'll COVID probably read probably. some books, probably drink some coffee. <laughs> live, basically, living the dream. Living absolutely well, living the dream. Um, unless you have any other specific update, are, you, are there any internal thing? Are your internal things all been kind of put on the back burner as you? No, I'm still working on that the website refresh. It is slowly moving forward. I have a designer that I'm working with. Uh, and I think Monday we pay her deposit and she'll start working. So that's exciting. Nice. Yeah. Um, well, I can talk a tiny bit more about my winter if you want. Yeah, before. what is this What is this garden consulting? Yeah. You try, you, I, uh, are you getting into my uh, are you, you getting into my world, the consulting world? I'm trying to combine our worlds, Sam. Um, no, this great. was this was not out of me actually trying to create anything, but having two or three people reach out to me so far, which is, and I think part of it is you know the state of the world and the pandemic. A lot of people were getting into gardening and you know using their property to try and grow some food this year, um, and so I think there's just been an increased interest in general. But um, I've had a couple people ask me people who know people that are trying to start a garden but are very overwhelmed um, with how to even begin in terms of, you know, Just put seeds what in the ground. Grow. I mean, it is fairly straightforward as far as hobbies and things I'm just, go. I'm, um, I'm, I'm oversimplifying. Okay, Actually, well. I have recently put some seeds in the ground too and I'm not seeing any um, results. I'll, we can save that. We can put, put a pin in that. Okay. Um, Sam's far, farming uh, adventure. What are you, are you trying to grow? Venus flytrap. Okay. <laughs> Well, outside my range. Um, but anyway. Do you know what scarifying seeds or scarifying seeds yeah. is? It's uh, like kind of like roughing them up a little bit. You can use sandpaper or something like that. You can also, so, yeah, I guess you can also do it. Like you soak them in water and then you put them in the refrigerator for like a month. Oh, really? That would probably that's also. It's like way to like, yeah, kind of like rough up the seed uh, coat that's on the outside. Yeah, you, like, um, you, you smack the seed around a little bit to let it know you mean business and then it decides mm-hmm. to start growing. Yep. Anyway, um, I did that 
but I am highly skeptical. I bought these seeds on the internet, and I think they're just like little pebbles. I couldn't, <laughs> and I but I I got I got good soil for them. I'm using distilled water to water them. Wow. Um, that's that's the oldest grift in the book is selling pebbles as <laughs> seeds. Yeah, I think I spent like ten dollars on like five seeds. Yeah, I mean it makes sense. I mean, you have five Venus flytraps if they all in Germany. How does a Venus flytrap get big enough to start eating flies if it? If it eats flies to get nutrition, I don't. You listen, man. You're talking to the wrong guy. I thought you were a farmer. I thought you knew plants. I think you are confused about what crops I grow. Could you imagine a field of Venus flytraps? That's terrifying. <laughs> I mean, probably could. That'd be pretty cool. That's a, that's a nightmare scenario. Um, but anyways, back to the Sorry, thing I was yeah. saying before we yeah, got back. Back to your thing, which was not just stupid horseshit. Um, is so yeah. There's basically I've had a couple people ask me, you know. That would actually be interested in paying how me money garden, to help How consult. I make garden grow is what they are asking yeah. you. Yeah, they say there's lots of things to do to make garden happen, and they want to know basically what can, you know. And it's a little stressful for me because a garden is way actually higher stakes than a farm because we just have quantity. So, like, you know, people would say, like, you know, oh, we have a really bad, you know, groundhog problem or something eating all of our peppers. Like, you guys have that problem at the farm. and. I'll think about it and be like, oh, no, we definitely do. It's just we're growing enough we of them that it's not the world. just have a shit ton of peppers, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, like I'm <laughs> – yeah, so I'm picking them and I think like, oh, you know, maybe one day five or six peppers are gone or ruined because of, you know, some type of pest. And at that point, it doesn't matter. But if it's a home garden, you only have two pepper plants and all your peppers are being eaten, it's, you know, um, a lot more stressful and, and way easier to feel like I'm throwing money at this thing that's not producing anything. Yeah. So that's a little overwhelming to like think about how could I, you know – I, part of me doesn't feel like I should take money from people because I'm just like, I'm just going to offer advice and, and, you know, talk them through what I would do. And then, you know, maybe if I eventually become more successful or feel like it's, it's a, you know, it's worth the money for people, then they're actually getting things from it. Maybe I would do it more if often. People want to pay you, do it. I know. So you have, you have I basically stumbled just, upon a market. I have. Well, this was a thing I always kind of consi- thought would be kind of interesting, um, would be trying to start like, you know, basically offering this service because I do people ask people ask all the time about growing plants and during the summer I get a lot of questions from friends and things through Instagram about like you know this thing isn't doing well or this getting pictures of weird plant diseases and stuff and people asking me like you could be like what's a, happening like a like a vet that does house calls except you're a vet for plants yeah a plant vet which yeah. I think is basically I mean farmer I don't feel yeah and I don't feel 100% qualified because there's a ton of diseases for those types of things but um so anyways, it is it is a real thing that I'm considering. I'm trying to work on just like um, some basic steps that I could take to feel like, you know, if I sat down or had a phone call with somebody that I could take what they told me and try and design something for them um, down to the point where I think like I would try and start a lot of the plants for them mm. because I think a lot of the one of the main issues people have is when you buy plants from Home Depot or a store like that and the big box stores, the plants themselves are not the healthiest. They're maybe not even fully grown for your climate so by the time they get to michigan or somewhere they're not going to really do that great um and then people will usually assume that something went wrong in the soil but a lot of times it's you just had a bad plant from the start so um kind of working on yeah a system that i can come up with that maybe come january february i can call a couple of these people that were interested and, and talk through with them and, and try and come up with a garden plan kind of find out what you know what space they're working with what what do they eat what do they actually want to have um what's feasible um and then basically what offering color up. do they want their plants to be? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because uh, it's much about. I mean, it partly isn't much about as much about aesthetics as it is about the actual uh, food as well. So, 
Yeah, I think that's, that's an cool. actual possibility. So I'm gonna. I need to. What's your business called? I don't you know. I don't have one yet. That can be a little Max's thing. Max's plants. Try and... Let's just let's just riff a little bit. Max's plants. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, Office Max. Um, no. <laughs> yeah. Garden Max. You're not. Crop, I'm, you're crop really, consultant. Mm, crop. 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 <laughs> you're usually the idea guy, you know. Usually just throwing stuff out there. You got full. The ready farm edition. <laughs> we, I think we said Brave New Farm was going to be the A name of our future book that we write about. Yeah. This. Um, mm-hmm. We'll we'll keep coming back to it. It does we'll, need a name. Yeah, we'll, workshop it. For real. we'll workshop it. Um, it's kind of it's the kind of thing where I I I think I need to either stop putting these things off or like just like sit down and really dedicate time to them because what happens is I don't know I, this will that idea of like creating the format for this garden consulting thing has been on my to-do list for the past I don't know nearing a month um, and I think it's just because it's so a little bit vague to start even it's kind of like one of those like New Year's resolutions that are something that you write down and then you never truly. Um, create any actual physical goals for because you don't know where to begin what's um, the um what would the next step be i mean i think genuinely the next step would be to actually talk to somebody and just like see if the questions and the things that i have in place are enough to kind of flesh out like what they need um what do you mean so by that might just... do you have a specific somebody in mind well there's there's yeah there's two people that have come to me um they've both come like through mutual friends and things so it's a little harder to reach out to them but i think there's also i'm sure i can find someone that i'm closer to that i can probably do this for um do you know what questions you'd ask them yeah i think i don't have it written down in front of me but i mean it is kind of the things i was just saying which is essentially like what um what's your space first off like where are you growing are you doing raised beds or is it going to be in the ground or you know what is your actual and like if i could see pictures or something of the space just understand like oh that's super shaded this is going to be very difficult or you know and then from there just understanding one what crops do they like do they you know right actually well, eat and like, then sounds like you've figured out what you need to do to me yeah i mean i guess that one the the to kind of like build off of that the other Sorry, I bullet point i have know. underneath that is one that's been looming looming over my head even more um Sorry. and that one i know it takes a lot more time what's going on over there sam you guys right just you know <laughs> emily was watching a video with no headphones on her computer <laughs> um so anyway yeah, so you the other said you had that, another task that you've been avoiding what was that one that's the the creating like an, a genuine farm uh business plan mm. and that's something that I, I kind of approach every winter and and to some extent uh always kind of shirk that responsibility <laughs> because i usually what's been happening the past couple of years is i go and work on a farm that is just wanting me to be a crew member i don't need to necessarily bring um the crop plan to the table because that's a thing that someone else is creating. Right. But at the point that I'm at now with applying to farm jobs and other things like that is that I am personally want to be more in a manager position, which means either it'd be super beneficial if I have um, a framework for if uh, someone hired me to be their farm manager, if they didn't have an existing crop schedule and things like that, I could bring one with me that I've been working on. And Every year I learn new things as I'm farming that I want to implement into my future farm business plan and things like that. And so that is an actual, like, I need to, to work on this because the other thing that comes up in farming a lot of time is um, there's land opportunities where, like, someone's willing to lease their land very cheap if I wanted to start my own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I ever genuinely want to do that and feel like I'm not incredibly overwhelmed, I need to have some form of, um, you know, just – 
system in mind for when I go take over. Um, some of the the the, the groundwork laid um, so that I'm not spending all this time trying to figure out like, well, you know, when should I start my tomato plants if I'm trying to do my own thing or if I'm trying to um, do something along those lines. And that's kind of what I did back in that Michigan State program way back in the day. But I did it for a flower farm. Not that I can't take that framework that I built and and make it work for vegetables. Um, but yeah, that's the kind of thing that usually I, I think about spending my winter working on. Um, but I think this year it needs to actually happen because um, I'm at the stage now where I kind of want to do something like that. And mm-hmm. that's kind of the next step in terms of farming, of of taking on a manager position that's a little bit more in that in that realm. And what to does do that, that consist of? Is it like spreadsheets and like Word documents or are there like other tools that you use for that? Yeah. So, I mean, the basic level is just like spreadsheets for the most part that are linked together. Um, there is a like an actual um, software you can buy called Tend, um, which is essentially what you would do on Excel and things, but, you know, professionally made. And it is, a, a you know, you pay for it like a subscription. Tend.com. Um, manage your organic farm. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's a really it was worked workshopped with an organic a fairly famous organic farm up in Quebec and um cool. it I think it would do a lot of the stuff that I want to do. Um if I don't want to pay the money for it, there's plenty of ways to do it on your own, making your own Excel sheet and formulas and cuz most of what this planning is is like what you do is you choose. I mean the the crazy way to work back from was if you had if you have a CSA, you're like, you know, I'm going to be doing a weekly box of produce to 120 people. You know, let me, it's going to be 20 weeks, write out every week and then in each share, write out ideally what you would put in that share. So if it's the middle of summer, you know, you can have tomatoes, peppers, blah, blah, blah. You write all those things in and then you basically work backwards from that. So you say like, if I want week one to be able to have lettuce, then I need that lettuce to be planted roughly by this date, which means I need to start it in the greenhouse by this date. And you take your numbers, you know, you need 120 heads of lettuce that week, then you should probably plant 150 and you, which means you should probably start closer to 200 if you have bad germination. So it's basically, you know, it's a lot of things like that where if it's linked together, it can be a lot easier than opening up three different spreadsheets and plugging in numbers, um, which Tend does for you um, based on the crop and things like that. So yeah, that's cool. in terms of farm planning kind of things, that's one level of it. But the other one is like if you're trying to just create a really general like, you know, I can – mold this into whatever I need it to be. It's to basically establish having all of that in ready so that you can change the quantities and the numbers. Um, but it's also hard because you never know what size farm you're going to be working on or what size space you're going to have and things like that. Or if you're working, you know, not a farm that's, if it's a farm to table restaurant, you know, they don't need, um, the crazy quantities or maybe they need crazy quantities, but not crazy, you know, variety and things like that. So, it's a little all over the place, but there's definitely steps that I could take to make it easier on myself that I'm probably, I should do. Um, so we'll see. I did apply to some farm manager jobs this week, um, just a day or two ago that I haven't heard back from yet. So if something starts to manifest from any of those, I think I'll use that as a, a kick in the butt to like actually get moving on these um, ideas. Because cool. I do have... I need to just do a brain dump because, you know, like I said, when you farm all day by yourself, you come up with all these ways that you want to try doing things or, you know, you work on a farm for two months and you learn a lot of new styles of farming or new ways to grow potatoes, which you wouldn't think would really ever, you know, change in your mind. But there's definitely different ways to do it. And now I've got, you know, I've done six years or five years of farming. 
um, and I've seen things done, you know, tons of different ways. So it's a way to kind of maybe just, you know, word vomit it out into a document that like, these are all the ways I've grown potatoes. These are things mm-hmm. I think would work. This what didn't work a couple times. These are ideas to make things work better, you know, and then who knows, pulling from that to eventually actually, you know, be able to make a plan in the future. So we'll see. That's definitely what winter farming is, is just a lot of that kind of stuff. So that's cool. That and, that and reading about farming. So what are you reading about farming? I don't have anything currently lined up, but I have a ton of a like, backlog of books and things that are um, not novels that are actually, you know, ones that are meant to consult with. There's a, a famous one called uh, The Market Gardener, which is kind of the first book that was ever written to the idea of making a living off of half an acre or an acre of like intensive farming. Um, so there's books like that that are a little outdated in terms of some of the stuff, the information they have, but they also have a ton of useful information that um, I could pull from. And, you know, that's kind of that book walks you through kind of what the thing that I want to do, which is like, so you want to start a farm or you want to manage a farm. Mm-hmm. This is where you should begin. Um, that's cool. So, yeah, that's that's my current winter plan as of now. All so right. I'll be I'll be dropping boxes off at houses and then probably at the same time thinking about farming and farm businesses all day. And then ideally I'll come home and put some of those ideas onto paper or something so that I can at least um, feel like I'm taking steps towards towards my goal, which yeah. I don't really know what that is right now. But I was about to say, I don't know if we've ever really talked too much about what your goal is. Maybe that's a topic for uh, another day. Yeah. I think we've talked before about, yeah, I think you've asked like, you know, long-term plan before goal. And I think we've, just, I mentioned that I do eventually want to have my own farm entity in some form, whether that's, uh, you know, just a production farm, whether that's a farm associated with a restaurant, farm associated with a store, other mm-hmm. things. I'm not fully certain yet because I don't know. Your mind changes all the time when you experience other farms and other ways to grow. And um, hopefully, I don't. I don't plan on making that um, that step of owning my own thing probably for another five years or so. Um, getting some management time on farms first would be the goal. But so the short term goal is to to get in and manage somewhere that I feel like I can really kind of start learning a bit about what it's like because I have managed before, but it was um, it was not done. I think in it was a little like hectic and you know, we were very, we were somewhat organized, but not to the best extent that we could have been. And I was very young when I was managing that farm. Um, so now you're old and wise, old and wise. I mean, I'm, I think I'm two years older than when I worked on that farm, but, uh, you learn a lot in two years of farming. So, you do. um, yeah, we can definitely talk long-term goals eventually. Cause this is, this is the time of the time of year where I think about those things a lot. So, um, that can definitely be some, some quality, podcast content cool. um, well that's a good teaser because we got to wrap up today emily ha- emily needs the office that's all right that's, that's what happens you have to work from home over there that is true that is true all that's right all right that was, that was enough to check in and look at that we, we kept somewhat to a schedule so <laughs> hopefully in two weeks again we can uh do it again. we can talk a bit more all right cool sounds good talk to you later man see you